Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the National Football Show with your boy, Dan Cilio. It is Memorial Weekend Week. Oh, my God. Hot dogs, hamburgers, ketchup and mustard. Oh, my God. On the grill. Throw some shrimps on the grill. Get a nice potato on the grill. Fireworks. People getting together as family. Hey, baby, that's what this weekend is all about. I cannot wait for Americans to be celebrating once again one of our favorite weekends that is honoring our men and women in the military. You know, I say this all the time to people. You know, nowadays, we're we're in a society now where we honor certain things that are kind of off the grid now, you know. This is Memorial Day week for the weekend. That means honoring military people who have fought for this country. It's funny where we are now in society that I don't know how this came to be, but, you know, we look at the military with one eye now, or we look at our police with one eye now. And these are the first responders that were protecting us during COVID-19. And now that we're now coming out of all of this uh, craziness with the coronavirus, everybody's going to get an opportunity this weekend to celebrate their favorite sports, whether it be the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, getting ready for football season, a lot of OTAs going on, and obviously we're going to be hitting on that. But I just had to say, man, this is a military month, and honoring the military, honoring the first responders. You know, not to get political here with you, But when people tell me and start throwing shade on police officers, you know, this is the 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming up in September. How are we going to look at that? How are we going to honor? Are we going to go on social media and remembering that day the same way we're remembering other things going on in our country right now? Those police officers were heroes. I lost a friend on 9-11 in one of the towers. 
at Cantor Fitzgerald. And those policemen were running the wrong way. They were running into harm's way. Uncommon valor. Man, would I have that intestinal fortitude to do something like that? It makes me just honor those men and women. So when you see a military person this week, do me a favor. Shake their hand. A police officer, shake their hand. Thank them for having the hardest jobs that our country can ask you to do. Protect and serve, whether it be the country or our communities. This is an important week for all Americans to remember those people. Has to be said. That's why we're so privileged in this hour to have Herschel Walker on. Herschel Walker, one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen, I've ever played against and with, former teammate of mine with the Cowboys. He is such a phenomenal guy. You talk about the greatest. He was voted the greatest college football player in history. And rightfully so. Went to the USFL. Herschel did things his own way. He's doing them now. He's going to run for the Senate in Georgia. He'll win. He could probably run for governor and win. He's one of the most revered people in that state. Sports-wise, he's an icon. Now Herschel Walker's making his footprints in the sand, as Pat Riley would say, when it comes to the political arena. We'll ask him because there's no question, if you're on one side of the aisle, it's going to hurt your chances at being a Hall of Famer. And I think he has Hall of Fame credentials. It's hurt Kurt Schilling's chances on being a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. You're trying to tell me Kurt Schilling wasn't one of the greatest big game pitchers in history? He's not in the Hall of Fame? Really? Look at how baseball does their thing with their Hall of Fame, keeping Bonds out of the Hall of Fame, keeping Clemens out of the Hall of Fame, keeping Kurt Schilling out of the Hall of Fame. They use their vote, and they use their vote to keep themselves relevant. I'm talking about the writers. So Herschel Walker will join us in this hour. I can't wait. Also, the caretaker of my football program, he was earmarked to be the head football coach of the Temple Owls. The University of Miami snatched him away, and now he's the head football coach of the University of Miami. We will get his thoughts. They play Alabama on Labor Day weekend. Wow. <laughs> hey, the only solace that I'll throw at you is the fact that, get this, Bama lost everybody, but has that mattered over the last couple of years? I'd say no. So another power pack show here for you on the national football show. And, and, and by the way, we really appreciate everybody starting to share the show, like the show. So thank you so much for everything that is happening here with the national football show. Let's get into the storyline of the day. Obviously Aaron Rodgers has now spoken and this is pretty much what I've been saying. You know, for the last couple of weeks since we opened up the National Football Show, this has never been about Jordan Love, the quarterback they drafted last year. This has been more about culture. This has been more about how the Packers do business. This has been more about Mark Murphy. This has been more about Gunst, the general manager of the team. Well, he's our starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. Man, I'm glad my wife don't talk to me like that. Hey, Dan's my husband for the foreseeable future. I'm in a relationship with my wife 33 years now. The Packers are in a relationship with Aaron Rodgers for 16 years, and he's our starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. 
There's two things, and I tweeted this out at Dan Cilio Show, that the Packers are miserable at. Today's age, you cannot run your football team by committee. You're not going to win a championship by passing folders around on players and what everyone thinks about that player and getting everybody's opinion in the room and then trying to come to a decision. You got way too many roosters in the hen house in Green Bay. You cannot run a team like that. And that's why they trip over themselves because there's too many speed bumps in the boardroom. You think you win Super Bowls in New England or now down in Tampa or in Seattle by committee? You got dudes in that room making decisions like Bruce Arians, Jason Light in Tampa, and Pete Carroll in Seattle. You know what you have in Green Bay? 18 dudes giving your opinion. I don't care. I don't want to hear the janitor's opinion. I don't want to hear some dude that's the fifth guy down the food chain that sits on a board of directors. Hey, dude, shut up. What do you really know about football? Well, we construct a team. What have you won in 31 years? Two Super Bowls. And by the way, with Favre and with Rodgers, I don't know about you, but I think that's a failure. That's a failure. So Rodgers has come out, and he's basically said it, and he was honoring Kenny Mayne. I think it's pretty cool what he did, too. Kenny Mayne has been basically fired because he's a salary cap hit to ESPN. Why do you think ESPN's gotten rid of all the talent that they have there? You know why? They've overpaid for the NBA. No one's watching it. Their rights fees are through the roof. So every single guy that was in that building, that was anybody that moved the needle, guess what? They're gone. And now you have dumbass Stephen A. Smith in the room who couldn't tell you and have a good take to save his life. Bumani Jones, how many radio shows do you think that dude will be given before finally somebody puts their hand up and goes, that guy sucks? Seriously, I mean, how many lifelines do you get? They've given that guy eight different radio shows, and he sucked at them all. Same thing with Stephen A. Stephen A sucks on the radio. (laughs) Plain and simple. And they give these guys opportunities. Why? I have no idea. And I'm not even going to speculate. I'm just going to leave it there. Holy cow. I wish I had 88 chances at a career like that and still pay me 10 million bucks. So I loved what Rodgers did. He honored Kenny Mayne. By the way, you know why I like Kenny Mayne? I like people who are unique. My favorite word in broadcasting is unique. See, I get asked this question. Sills, you think you're the best broadcaster, sports radio guy. You've been doing it for such a long time. I go, no. There's so many guys that are better than me and different than me. Absolutely. No, but I love the word unique. We have one of the most unique shows of all time. Plus our Rolodex is exactly what it is. I was just telling Krause before we went on the air, there's nobody. And I mean, there's nobody that puts on bigger names than I do. Nobody. Okay. Maybe Rich Eisen, maybe Dan Patrick, maybe. And I'm just little old Dan. And we're blowing up Jacob Media's channel right now. And we're proud to be part of this bad boy. Okay. They found me. I found them. Here we are. Let's go. Let's go play 60. 
That's what we do here. Let's go play 60. We're a boutique. You know what that means? We're going to fight the big boys. That's what I love to do. Let's go play 60. Let's see what you got. Yeah, but I'm, I don't care who you are. So when we bring up the topic of Rogers here, that's what he's saying. Guys, how come everybody else gets everything they want? And when I ask you for one thing, you urinate all over my suggestions. Why? Because it's the way the culture is in the building in Green Bay. Green Bay's not going to change their culture, by the way. So now they're leaking out the GM and the president will not be fired. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is asking you to fire the guy. Nobody's going to look good in the end when you're telling somebody to fire someone. Nobody. But you know what you can ask? Why do you do business this way? Why do you think you have to have an adversarial relationship with all of your star quarterbacks? And by the way, is history not repeating itself? Look at how they treated Brett Favre. Look at how they're treating Rodgers. You see, the Packers think they're bigger than their players. And that is an old man's mentality. You know, when I, when I, when I think of the Green Bay Packers, you know what I think of? I, I, I think of like old man. I think of like bocce ball in like Florida and like like air tanks and people that are in their 90s on how they do business. They're not progressive thinkers in Green Bay. Middle America, it's like sitting at a park bench and you're getting ready to play horseshoes. Horseshoes? Dude, I got my phone here. I'm going to play like, you know, solid. I'd rather play solitary on my phone than horseshoes. Horseshoes? Okay, well, and now I will back up on that. If there's Coronas involved, I'm in. Then again, if Coronas are involved, I'm in on any game, okay? I could play a game of uh, of uh, tic-tac-toe, okay, if Coronas are in on it. So I digress. All right. But when I think of Green Bay, cheeseheads, and, you know, I think of I Love Lucy, and some of you are out there going, I Love Lucy, what's that? Like Gilligan's Island, no, anything? Like, you know, no, nothing? Okay. Just check out Nickelodeon or check out like, you know, the old, the channel that replays like old shows from like the seventies. That's what I think of the Packers. I don't look at the Packers and go, these guys are really man with, you know, all the numbers now and how they look at everything. They, you know, they, they put everything together. Now they're, they're so organized. I look at the Packers. Like I said, man, it's like, Oh man, operating an old man's company. They're not in the now. And I think that's the problem that Rogers had. Dude, you guys got to wake up. They're not aggressive enough. You got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and he's 37 years old, 38, whatever the hell he is. What do you think you're just going to run the through the tape and you're just going to go 13 and three, get bumped again into playoffs and just say, oh, well? That's not a winning mentality. I think this is all what I've been saying. You know, every guest that I've brought on, that's the one thing I've been saying. Have I not? Go back in all the interviews that I've done with Kurt Warner, with Jimmy Johnson, with Mike Gullick, Boomer Esiason yesterday. I've made that point very clear. Ross Tucker, same thing. These guys run that football team by committee. And when you run that football team by committee, you know what you're running into. You're running into speed bumps. So how does this play out? Do I think Aaron Rodgers 
Do I think he really wants out? I think he wants some answers. Aaron Rodgers wants to retire a Green Bay Packer. Here's the number one thing. I, I, I really don't think personally that the Packers want Aaron Rodgers to retire a Green Bay Packer. Just seems weird that they don't want him to retire a Packer. And I would even say this to you. Did you see the comments that are being made from Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers today? They're in OTAs. Watch this. And, and I'm, I'm going to like do a LeBron James here. That means I'm going to overreact. You know how LeBron is. You know, LeBron has uh, um, like he, he hurts his toenail and you would think he lost a toe. You know, I mean, that act that he did the other night, seriously, I thought he was up for uh, best male performance in the Academy Awards. Okay, and, and here, here's Matt LaFleur doing the same thing. Either him or LeBron I'm going to nominate to the Academy next year for the best performance for male, male dudes in sports. You ready? Oh, my God. You should have – I can't even do it with a straight face. You should have seen Matt LaFleur today, or you should have seen Jordan Love today. Holy cow. That ball's just jumping out of his arm. I mean, it is just down the field. Unbelievable. I'm like, okay, right. How come I'm not buying that spot of land in the Everglades? How come I'm not? Okay. I didn't hear any of that last year, and he had over 100 practices. You've got to start talking like, you know, I, that's the first time I've heard the Packers say anything positive about Jordan Love has been, oh, my God. Is there any coincidence that Aaron Rodgers is not at OTAs for the first time in 16 years? I, I, I saw a video clip of him when he was talking to Kenny Mayne. He had his hair to the side. Seriously, I thought he was in a competition surfing. He's there in Hawaii, you know. He's catching a tube, and they're all sitting there going like, hey, man, you know, I'm drinking Mai Tais right now. I'm dancing on the beach. You know, I'm at a luau. I'm having a pig. We're all sitting around, you know, Mai Tai. How you doing? Mai Tai. Oh, those guys got OTAs going on? Mai Tai. This is Mai Tai time. And everybody's like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. And Aaron Rodgers is like this. Okay, this is how I'm doing this. I'm not showing up to OTAs. What a punch in the gut, too, to the Packers. They probably really thought the dude would show up. Okay? And kind of like settle the water? No way, man. He he absolutely splashed in, man, head first. Now the Packers have to pick up the collateral damage. Jordan Love? Oh, my God. Can you believe how unbelievable this guy looks in helmets and shorts? That's what OTAs are. Do you understand what OTAs are, you're not hitting. You're not doing anything physical. There's no nine-on-seven. There's no one-on-one first-team versus first-team defense. It's dudes who are not even wearing a mouthpiece. It's helmets and shorts. You could basically take the helmets off. You remember that thing you played back in the day, flag football? You could basically put flags on the guys and go out and play flag football. And Jordan Love, unbelievable, man. He looks spectacular playing flag football. That ball just jumps out of his hand. I mean, he drops back like he's 
Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and man, that dude, he whips that ball down the field. God, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe actually with what I was hearing because that's the first positive news I've heard about a dude all last year who had a tough time even making the backup quarterback spot and the majority of the time was in street clothes, was chewing on ice and had a clipboard in his hand. Okay, he was healthy and active last year. You know what that means? Hoss wasn't even good enough to make the active roster. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the game because they didn't trust him enough to go in in case Rodgers had to go down. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Did you see him last year? I don't even remember seeing him step in in case Rodgers got banged. I don't remember that. I mean, I think I saw him. Oh, no, there was no preseason ball last year. <laughs> so how, how does this play out? Look, there's going to be some more hands being thrown verbally in the media over the next couple weeks here until we get past June 1. I find it hard to believe. You know what, too? If the Packers, man, you know, why are they doing this? Are they they really trying to make a move here? I've heard two teams now have been kicking tires in Green Bay. There's two teams. Obviously, one of them I reported a couple weeks ago, the Denver Broncos. And the other one now, get this is now the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are now in the conversation. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, New Orleans Saints, look at how they treated Drew Brees. Hell, look at how they treated Teddy Bridgewater. They got Teddy Bridgewater a $150 million contract in Carolina. Look at how they treat Tyson Hill. Look how they treat A 30 for 30, dude. And like I said yesterday, I'm not talking about an ESPN flick. 30 TDs and 30 interceptions. Jameis Winston, Mr. Crab Cakes himself. I mean, they love that kid. Man, if I'm Aaron Rodgers with Alvin Kamara, with Thomas, and all that talent and that defense, I feel pretty good about going into that whole thing going like this. I done. Let's get down to New Orleans, man, and win some ball games. Tell you this, you put Aaron Rodgers on that team with all those wideouts and all those weapons that you have in New Orleans, and you know this for a fact, Mickey Loomis would bend over backwards to bring more talent. Hell, I could even see this. I don't think they would end up trading within a division. Can you imagine Julio Jones sitting down there in New Orleans? Julio Jones, Thomas, Kamara, and Aaron Rodgers. Hey, man. I would be sending uh, smoke signals to the Bucks for coming for you. By the way, we smoked your ass twice in the regular season last year. I'm Rodgers. I'm looking at New Orleans out of one eye over here going, and he's a better play caller than Matt LaFleur, and you got an offensive-minded guy in New Orleans. That makes 10 times more sense than going to Denver. Denver? All right. We'll continue more of it because it's a huge story. There's a lot of... There's a lot of off-ramps on this story here. All right, one of the greatest athletes I've ever been around and one of the greatest people I've ever been around. He's a Georgia legend, a Southeastern Conference legend. We'll ask him about Tebow. He's run in politics, potentially for a Senate seat in Georgia. The legendary Herschel Walker will join us next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. 
Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. The future waits for no one, so we refuse to wait for it. We're not just pilots and engineers. We are pioneers. Today, battles are waged in nanoseconds. And planes are piloted from the other side of the world. We turn night into day and fly missions in space. The future's not coming. It's already here. This is the future. Join us and be the future. Welcome to the Wildwoods. The perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. Welcome back to the National Football Show with your boy, Dan Snellio. Scheduled guest today, Herschel Walker, and we'll talk to the head football coach of the University of Miami, Manny Diaz. That'll be there for you. We appreciate you coming aboard. And also, please do us a favor, share the show, like the show, do whatever. We really appreciate everybody on how they have now found us here on the Jacob Media Channel. I was saw a guy make a post the other day where he said, I used to listen to Cilio in Tampa all those years. Yeah, I was on in Tampa for 15 years in a row there at WDAE. Man, we used to have one of the highest-rated shows, if not the highest-rated morning show in all the East Coast, and it was a lot of fun there. We were there, and we were the home of the Buccaneers. I covered the Bucs. I covered the Tampa Bay Lightning, covered the Rays, and to see where those guys are today. So get this, too, right? The Bucs are defending Super Bowl champions. Rays got to the World Series a year ago. The Bolts won the Stanley Cup. Hell, they even had the Raptors just uh, last regular season for the NBA playing in Tampa because of the uh, coronavirus protocols that were going on up in Canada. So Tampa's a pretty big hotbed. And now Thursday night football goes to Raymond James. And that's going to be some iconic night when they drop the banner 
How many banner nights has Brady had? Now, this is seven for him. Okay, and let's not forget, too, he won a national championship when he was in college, too, at Michigan. I know he wasn't really kind of the starter then, still on the team. So, man, this guy has just been around championship teams his entire sports career. And that's what really makes him, in my opinion, truly one of the greatest American sports icons of all time. And to bring a Super Bowl to Raymond James and to that fan base and into the southeastern part of the country absolutely is just Wonderful. We can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to see that banner fall at Raymond James. I even tweeted out today at Dan Cilio show. I want the Bucks to bring back Buccaneer alumni weekend. That's such a great time. Last time we did that, I think it was around 2014. And I got a bunch of memorabilia from that day. And now I never would have ever thought I'd ever say this. I am an alumni guy with Tom Brady. I got two things in common with Tom Brady. I was recruited by Michigan, and I played on the same pro team and in the same organization as Tom Brady. So, yeah, man, that's going to be pretty cool. So I can't wait for Thursday night. You know, the Aaron Rodgers story is there. We got some more info on that. I'll get to that here in a minute. But, you know, there's also the Julio Jones story that's out there. And – According to now people inside the Dallas organization and also now with the Atlanta Falcons, it does look like the Falcons are getting ready to move Julio Jones. We'll get back more to that here in a minute, but I've got to bring in my friend here. And I got to tell you, folks, and I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to embarrass him because the one thing that Herschel Walker doesn't like to do, folks, he does not like to brag on himself. That's just not who he is. But in today's landscape, if people don't know what you accomplished, they somehow seemingly forget, but Herschel's the greatest college football player that's ever lived. He does things his own way. He went to the USFL, put up gargantuan numbers there, and if you put them all together, the same way you put Warren Moon's numbers together, Herschel Walker is a Hall of Famer, but now he's throwing his hat into the political ring, and he joins us now here on the National Football Show. Herschel, thank you so much for doing this, man. Hello, Dan. How you doing? All good. Herschel, why have you decided to throw your hat into the political arena now? Well, you know, I, I hate to say I'm, I'm throwing it in. I, I'm very much considering it, and I'm talking about seriously, seriously considering it because, you know, I talk about sacrificing all the time. And, you know, I, I've been fortunate over the last 13 years to be at military bases. And I see some true, true heroes with all women and men of service and how much they've sacrificed. And right now, I think the state of Georgia may need me. I think this country may need me. And so that's the reason I'm very much considering it. And at the same time, uh, that's why I'm taking it very serious. And people don't understand me. And I think you do that. When I say I'm taking things very serious, I got to see if that's what the Lord is asking me to do. And and if that is it, I'm going out and I'm going out to win. I'm going out to do as very much I can, whatever I can for the state of Georgia and for this country. You know, Herschel, Like other athletes who put themselves out there like that, there's always an other side. And for whatever reason, you know, when it comes to Hall of Fame consideration, you know, people have to debate it. I don't think there is a debate. Do you understand now that you getting into, especially the side of the aisle that you're on, people may hold that against you when they're considering you for the Hall of Fame. Does that bother you? That doesn't bother me at all because it's it's never, never, ever been about Herschel Walker in my life. 
I was very fortunate to have an opportunity to play football. You know, I came out of Wrightsville, Georgia. You know, I was a bully when I was a little kid. I, I've been blessed my whole life. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, what people think about Herschel Walker's never mattered. I think you you realize that. And, and one of the things that I, I said about this year is when I went to the USFL, people say, oh, that's not going to get you into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, when I was traded to these all different teams, oh, that's not going to get you in the Hall of Fame. And what's wild about it is my numbers never lie and they would never lie. And, and I'm not going to sit here and try to debate with anyone about it. But uh, I always say whenever someone want to ever compete against me, I'm always ready. But I don't have a lot of people calling my name to do it, even today. And so I don't really worry about all this Hall of Fame stuff. You know, I, I and not to be mean, there's some people that should be in it right now that's not in it. And I, I feel that if I was going to be in it, I should have been considered a long time ago. So I'm not going to worry about things like that. Does it bother you that you have to debate with people over your 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 resume? I, I look at it and I, Herschel, I, I, I shake my head. There's a, like you said, there's other guys that, I mean, Cornelius Bennett, this guy's got seven Pro Bowls, but you know what they hold against him because he lost five Super Bowls. He's not in the Hall of Fame, but Hey man, that that Bills team with all those great players that they had up there. I mean, he was one of those guys, and I had him on too. And he goes like this: the same thing as you. He's like, "Hey, I hate to have to sit here well, and promote myself." Do you do the same? Do you hate no, that well, also? You know, I never do that. One thing about it is, and and you know, people don't know. I I didn't grow up playing football. I never watched football. I didn't grow up playing it. And like I said, I was blessed to have an opportunity to play to play with some incredible players to be with some incredible coaches. And so I was blessed to be with those guys. And, and, uh, and so I, I don't think about that right there because, you know, uh, as a little boy, uh, and I always tell this story. I remember, uh, you know, I, I was bullied, uh, you know, that story, but yep. I remember I had one pair of Sunday shoes to go to church and I hit them because I didn't want to go to church. You know, when you go to the church in the South, you're there all day long. <laughs> church lasts forever. And ever is a long time. You go at you go at nine o'clock to Sunday school, you stay at four in the afternoon. I didn't want to go. And as my mom was getting ready, my nickname is Boas. She was getting ready. She turned to me and she said, Boy, you ready to go? And I said, No, mom, I can't find my shoes. And she turned to me and she said, Jesus don't care how you look. <laughs> and it really struck me at that time that, you know, in my life, you know, you grew up uh getting people on earth to give you praise, you're never going to make it because there's going to be someone against you. And I said, I, know, I don't look for that. I just look, go out to do my best. And that's just like in this political arena. When you say that about, you know, and you know, what I stand for, some people are not going to like it. And I said, guys, you know, I stand for truth. I stand for honesty. And, and you know, I stand for what I believe in. I'm not trying to hurt anyone else. I love the Lord Jesus. I love this country, you know, and, and I love, I love my family. And to be honest, in, the, in today's world, America is my family. If you're an American, you're my family. And I saw that when I was in the Olympics. You know, I, I did a, the World Cup when we were doing all the different sled events. But when I got to the Olympics and I saw the United States Olympic team come to that stadium, everyone on America's team was my sister and brother. And I would have died for them. That's, that's no lie. I would have died for them right there in France if I had to. Because they were my sisters and brothers, and that's what I look at right to today. So when they talk about me throwing my head into the political arena, I said, guys, I'm going to think about it. Because as I said, Georgia, I think right now there's a lot going on in Georgia. Georgia is my home, and uh, Georgia may need me. And if the Lord is telling me that, I'm going to go there and I'm going to fight for everyone. I don't care 
whether you're Democrat or Republican, I'm going to fight for you. And, and anyone that know anything about me know I'm going to do that. Absolutely. Herschel, we, so many places I could go with your response there. And let me go right there in Georgia, in Atlanta. What's your feelings on Major League Baseball? again? And hear me out on this. I mean, so when Henry Aaron passes away, you yank that all-star game out of Atlanta, the home of Martin Luther King, and you put it in a more uh, stricter area in Colorado with less African-Americans and less black businesses, and people just see the headlines, Herschel. They don't know that it's, it's even worse with voter restrictions in that state. And they yank it out of Atlanta. I, 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 I don't know. I don't mean to set the question up here like this, but you've got to be a little outraged. Well, you know, I was upset because they don't realize how many small businesses, how many uh, minority businesses they hurt by leaving Atlanta. And, and you're right that by moving out of Atlanta, trying to make a statement, but then it was a political thing that, that happened and had anything to do with the, the town. It just was a political statement. It is sad that this country is... is boil down to that is you believe in this or you believe in that and if you uh don't get along with someone it's a violent reaction or it's some kind of argument and that's what's sad this is the greatest country in the world and we know how to get along and i and your know, people can argue with Hurst walk all you want but we got to continue to get back to law and order and you know and law and order, law, law and order got to be fair for everyone not just for one group or one side or one race got to be fair for everyone we got to get back to uh, get back to opening up these businesses, get people back to work. Yeah, you know, I'm shocked that some people don't want to go back to work. And uh, you know, I love to work. You know, that that's my mom used to say: if you don't work, you don't eat. That's the way that's the way I grew up. You don't work, you don't eat. And I love to work and stuff. And uh, I think that's what we got to do: is come back together. You know, I think the worst thing that ever happened to this country right now is for us always worried about this donkey and this elephant. They're, they're, you're worrying about party lines. Why are we not worried? Why are we not worrying about America lines? What's good for America, not what's good for our different parties? And I think that's what we got to get back to. Your relationship with President Trump, did that begin when you were there? And I don't believe he was initially there when you were drafted by the generals at the USFL. Did it become a bigger relationship while you guys? got to know one another and where it is today. I know you guys are very close friends. The president tweets at you all the time. Talk a little bit about that relationship. Well, you know, what's funny is you're right. When I first signed to the USFL, uh, there was a guy from Oklahoma by the name of Jay Walter Duncan that owned the team. And almost a year after he bought the team, uh, you know, Donald Trump ended up buying the team from him. And at that time, uh, Donald and I became friends, not just, you know, like, uh, owner, uh, player, friend, we became family friends. You know, his kids uh, start going to every every Disney, SeaWorld, and all those places they went. They went with my family. They traveled huh. with my family. They traveled with Herschel Walker. And they went out and did everything with my family. So we became family friends. And they came over to my house to eat. I was at his house eating, uh, whatever. And I knew the man. I knew the man. Uh, and I still know him because after I left the USFL, he and I still talked. His family and I still talk. It was not like uh, we just were friends for the USFL. We were friends for, forever. And when he became president, we continued to be friends. And one thing that was very strange is a lot of people don't know when all this stuff was going on and everyone calling him all types of names and, you know, uh, however, somebody would say, oh, I have one black friend. Oh, wow, that's, that's so incredible. 
Well, you know, Donald Trump was my friend. And not one time did he ever ask Herschel Walker to speak for him. You know, we talk and he never said one word about speaking for him. I happened to call his people and ask if I if I can say something. They were shocked. They were shocked that I say something. And I want to say something that I knew about Donald Trump. And, and that's what I say to the people right now. What Herschel Walker know about Donald Trump is telling you what I know about him. And I know about him because I had a friendship with him since 1983. And I know the type of man he is. I know what he does. And, and the thing is, I'm speaking on that term right there. I'm not going to go by what, what I've heard on the news media, what I heard part of a statement. I'm going by what I know of the man. A lot, a lot of people get upset about me, get upset about it uh, to me. But one thing about it is I'm not going to leave a friend just because you're mad about it. I'm not that type of person. You know, I'm going to believe in you and I'm going to continue to try to work with you and do whatever I can. Because if you're my friend, you're my friend forever. Until you do something and break that friendship, you always be my friend. I will always fight for you and do whatever I can for you. Herschel, is that what inspired you to talk at the RNC there at the White House? That it was you. It wasn't really the Trump folks that reached out to you that you wanted to speak and say these things because you know, when, when an African-American speaks up for Donald Trump, you're automatically labeled the word, and I will not ever refuse to use those words. No, you, can say, you're, you, know, you can say the word coon, but, you know, one of the things that it was funny because I, I try to explain to people that, you know, as a little kid, I was bullied. So words used to hurt me back then, but I grew up today. And I want to tell anyone that using that word coon that, you know, they need to educate themselves because a coon is one of the smartest animals out there. So if you're going to call me a bad name, think of my animal that's kind of stupid. Don't think of a coon because a coon is pretty smart. But at the same time, as I said, you know, I know Donald Trump as the guy I know him as. And I know a lot of things that he's done for uh, African-American. And, and I think they see it today, what he did for a lot of the African-American community and stuff. And, and, and I'm not here to pick on any one administration, but this administration, Donald Trump administration did more for African-American in four years than most administration did in, in eight years. And, and, and people don't want to acknowledge that. Well, I'm gonna, you gotta give him the credit where credit deserves. But at the same time, we have to become a country that believes in America. Well, Donald Trump did believe in America. People can say what they want to say, they didn't like America first. I don't know why you don't like that term, but you better believe in America. I want China to believe in China. I want Russia to believe in Russia. I want all these other countries to believe in themselves. And not meaning that you don't go out and help someone else. Yes, you do do that. But you got to believe in your country first. You know, one of the things that I, I, I give a hat off to all the United States military, because they take an oath that I would defend the, the United States of America, foreign and domestic. When you go into office, you take an oath that I would defend the Constitution. And what's funny, it doesn't seem like now nah, people want to defend the Constitution, but yet we don't do anything about it. We need to start right now, get back to these brass tacks and say, guys, this is the deal right here. And if you don't leave, if you don't like it, don't rub off. If you don't like it, don't do it. You don't have to do it. That's what's so funny. That's what's great about America. This is not a country that's going to hold a gun at your head. It's going to throw you into jail if you don't agree with that. This is a country that gives you right to say what you want to say, do what you want to do. It gives you all those rights. And I said, that's what I want to keep this country as. I don't want to change it. There's some things I want to make better. Yes, it is. But changing the overall structure of the United States of America, no, I don't think I don't think we want to do that right now. 
Couple last questions for you, Herschel. Um, athletes today and using their social media platforms and using their position either in the NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball, do you think you're seeing positive signs right now or do you think there needs to be a lot more education? Because I think sometimes when I watch the NBA guys or I watch even the Major League Baseball guys, they make a statement and then they jump in their Ferraris and they're not really engaged in what's going on. That's my perception. Am I wrong when I say that? Well, you know, what's, what's tough is you, you're right about that, but what's great about America, you have that right to do that. You have that right to say what you want to say and all that. And so, you know, now because this is a social media world, you have the right to be, you got to be responsible. And I say to some people, sometimes I'm glad you do say something. It may be against what Herschel Walker believe, but you are speaking out and saying something. But at the same time, I think you got to be responsible. And what I mean by that is this is the United States of America. This is where you're making the money. at. If there's another country you feel that you can make more, you can do better in that other country. Why not go there and do what you got to get done? Because why will you stay here and make all the money? You know, when I remember Donald Trump first ran for office, there was so many people going to leave if he got elected. Well, he got elected and nobody left. <laughs> yeah, nobody left at all because they do know that this is a great country right here. And do we have our faults? We do have our faults. But you get those done by working together. You don't get them done by working separately. And I say, I think that's the problem we have is God created the United States of America and made it the greatest country in the world by taking a lot of mixed races and throwing them in, in the pot together, taking a lot of great minds. He threw them in the pots together. It wasn't just one mind. He threw and they threw all these different minds. He stirred it up and he brought out the United States of America, something that was so beautiful and having people that can come up with all these different great ideas and make this country great. And we can continue to do that if we work together. You know, we can't be separated. We can't be doing this. And I think that's what we got to get back to is trying to come together. You know, Herschel, um, I, I don't think people realize this, but one of the things that, you know, I think you were eligible to do, that was to go to the 1980 Olympics. And I always look back on that and I always wonder, you know, the politics got in the way of the Olympic Games and politics can get into the way right now of the Olympics. And I just wonder how you see the Olympics this coming summer here, you know, athletes protesting, maybe non-athletes protesting, um, a political stance, just how you see it, because that was taken away from you. And I don't think people realize that you had qualified, if I'm not mistaken, for the 80 games. Well, you know, what was sad about that is, you know, when you get in, and you know this, when you're in this sports, it doesn't matter. You know, you're a team. You know, you work together. I don't care what color you are. and You go out and you do things. You're a family. You're a family, and, and that's what's so funny about it. And and I and I say this name here. There's a guy I played with in Dallas named Todd Fowler. Todd was like my brother. Todd Fowler and Tony Dorsett and I, we were roommates uh, during training camp. The three years I was in Dallas, and, and it's funny because we were totally different people. Todd was white. You know, Tony, he's African-American. I'm black. Now, you heard I say he was African-American. I'm black. But, you know, sometimes we're African-American, we're black, or we're color. I'm not sure what I am at some time. But anyway, <laughs> but, uh, what was funny is Todd was my brother. And I remember people used to think that we were smoking something because we were always laughing. We were always, we had a great time. And today, Todd is like my brother. And I tell people that. I say, guys, what's funny about my life is in today's world, my family is a mutt. We're all mutts. I have white, black, Chinese, uh, uh, I have Hispanic, I have a Russian girl in my family. I have all these mutts that we've come together, and I love every last one of them. They're the greatest people in the world because we're learning, we're learning so many different things. 
And I say, I look at the athletes today and I said, guys, you know, the Olympics, the Olympics is where you go and you just compete, have a good time. You know, you go out and compete and the best man wins and all of that. And, and now they put politics involved and then it just get to, it just make things terrible. And I hate to see that. And, you know, like I said, the social media world get athletes involved and doing this and doing that. And, and it gets to the point, you say, where is it going to stop? And I say, it's going to stop once you get leaders in Washington that's going to really lay the law down, that's going to be fair for everyone, that's going to be fair for this country, for the United States of America, that we're going to protect the United States of America. And you know, like I said, if you don't believe in, in this structure here, that we say you're more than welcome to go somewhere else. <laughs> that's what's so great about it. You know, this is the United States of America. We, it was built on law and order. Do we need to straight this law and order out some? Yes, we do. But you cannot do it if you don't have law and order. I don't know where and what. You know, my, I got spankings when I was a little kid. And people say, oh, you got a spanking? I said, yeah, that spanking kept me from stealing from anybody. That spanking kept me from going out doing stuff I knew I wasn't supposed to do. That spanking kept me saying, yes, sir, and no, ma'am. And whether people like that or not, I'm sorry. That's the way I grew up. I grew up with discipline. I grew up with uh, respect and stuff. And I respect everyone. And that's why I said it. The athletes today that disagree with Herschel Walker, I'm fine with that. You know, and sometimes I even want to sit down with people and talk to them and get their viewpoint. So, because maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe there's something that they've gone through that Herschel don't know. You know, I live in Wrightsville, Georgia, a small little town. Maybe they were brought up with something different than I was. So I can learn from them. But that's what we do. We learn from each other. Not continue to put each other down, call each other names, and say all these things. And and I and I thank you, Dan, for bringing me on and we talking about this because that's one of the things you give me an opportunity just to talk about it, and not you go out there and just say these awful things and this and that, and people have a terrible idea of what's going on. I love you, man. I I'm one of your mutts too. I'm one of your Italian mutts well, now that and, in I your family. I, you, I got I got Italian in my family. <laughs> I remember my, my ex-wife was named the uh, Angeles. That's hey, right, Brooklyn, man. New York. Hey, I'm <laughs> gonna leave. I'm gonna leave this with you because I heard a rumor that someone told me about three years ago. And and hey, I maybe because I I can't say it, but I heard you ran a four four. Okay. Now, yes. someone actually told me you ran a 4-3. <laughs> well, it really was right at a 4-3 something, but I, I could have ran better uh, because uh, at the time, you know, I've been fighting. Well, I'm always fighting. I'm doing all the mixed martial arts. So I really did, and this is for the first time in my life, I hadn't been really going to the track, doing a lot of sprint work. I've been doing a lot of distant work. And so I've been doing a lot of fight and moves and jujitsu and all that. But I felt, when I ran, if I had gotten to the track a little more, worked on my technique, worked on my start, because I was a little tight, and I always run like I'm tight, but I, I was much <laughs> tighter at that time when I ran that I, I know I could have ran better than I ran at that time. So it was like a 4.37 or something, and, uh, and I know I can run better. But, you know, and that's what I tell you. know, that's what's so funny, uh, Dan, is people, people don't, you know, people always uh, – and I, and, and I say this, and I love listening to Michael Jordan. Now I happened to listen to Kobe Bryant one time and uh, Tiger Woods' story. And I said, guys, uh, what they talk about is what you have to do if you want success. And I remember hearing Kobe Bryant say, you know, you have some guys want to be great basketball players, but they only practice maybe uh, two hours a, a week. And he said he was doing maybe two to three hours a day 
And, uh, you know, I hear Michael Jordan, how uh, he goes early. He was always early there. And Tiger Woods, you know, you saw him at two years old doing that. And I start saying, guys, y'all know how much time I put into working out, how much time I put into doing push-ups and sit-ups. People think it's a joke. But I, I said, guys, you can show up at my house sometime want to compete against Herschel Walker. And I said, I'll be your hunkerberry. You know, uh, <laughs> it ain't like I'm going to sit here and let you beat me. Uh, you'll be in for a long day. I don't care who you are. And that's more in the mixed martial arts side. You know, if you want to raise, I may have to train a little bit. But if you want to get it, go and step into the cage any time of the day, I'm like ready right now. I'm like, I'll be, I'll go out there and do it. I tell you what, Herschel, I tell people this all the time. There's a reason there's more people in the stands than on the field. And, you know, I mean, you know, hey, I want to be this and I want to be that. I was great in high school. I always do this. Yeah, really. I'm sure yeah, you so were. I found a story, Dan. You know, when I first got into the MMA world, you know, I was a black belt in Taekwondo. You know, yep. I, I studied Taekwondo for over 30 some years. And I went yeah. to an MMA camp at AKA with some of the best fighters in the world with Daniel, uh, Daniel Kwame and Lou Rockhold and Kane Velasquez, Josh Thompson. And what was funny is, and if I had taken my taekwondo into that gym, they would have destroyed me. And I finally learned MMA. But I've seen guys coming to the gym because they see it on TV and I can do this, man. I can do this. I'm ready. I'm ready. And I've seen them step in that cage for about 30 seconds. And I don't care. You can put a, you can put a woman in there that's a good fighter. Step in there for 30 seconds. I guarantee you they want to get out of that quick as they can. You get punched one time. It's a totally different story. And oh, Amanda like, Nunez? Hey, Herschel, Herschel, um, Herschel, Amanda Nunez, I had her on a couple months ago, and I was I told her this. I said, you're the greatest fighter I've ever seen when it comes to if you want to get on the mat and you want to grapple, she's the best at it. If you yeah. want to throw hands, she's the best. She's the most complete uh, MMA fighter I think I've ever seen. No, I tell you what, they, they, that's what people don't realize that you know they, those people can really they can fight, oh. and you know it just comes from me. You know, and I was a taekwondo guy, but then I had to learn it. And once I learned it, I'm like, yeah, I can fight down too. I'm like, I'm not that bad. But you know, those, uh, it, it's everybody want to be a fighter until they get hit in the face. You, know, you get hit in the face, it changes your thing. And like the big fight coming up this, like the like in a couple of weeks with Floyd and uh, the young man that, that he's fighting. Paul. And I said, that's going to be an interesting fight because, you know, I love to see the 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 uh, the, the guts of uh, – I can't think of the young man fighter. Is, I think his I, name is Paul. Paul, I love – I think he got a lot of guts, and I think it's great because he got that that uh, that cockiness. But I, I want to say, you know, Paul, uh, Floyd Mayweather is best here. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather ain't no joke. People, the people need to give Floyd his credit. Floyd Mayweather is not a joke because if you remember, Floyd Mayweather was out of boxing for when he had, when he did the little jail thing. Yeah, was out of boxing for what a couple of months or a couple of years, and went straight back and fought with the best in the world, and beat him. Yeah, and beat I'm like, Pacquiao. guys, don't think Floyd Mayweather is a joke. The man trained, and and you know, and I think Paul, I, I give him credit. You know, I think he got a lot of guts. And, and, you know, he probably make good money and, and maybe it got to be for money, what he's doing it for. I'm not sure. But but uh, but uh, it's going to be a heck of a fight. Like I, I said, the same thing about Conor. I was shocked. I thought Conor, I, I gave Conor McGregor a lot of credit. And, you know, and I was, I've was i always been a fan of Conor. 
But after he stepped in there with Floyd Mayweather, I, you know, I, I said, Connor's in the class with Herschel Walker, man. He'll do anything. He ain't a crazy <laughs> man. He'll go out there and do it. So, Herschel, uh, Herschel, let me ask you this. Are you in a good place right now, man? Because, you know, you talk about your youth and you talked about, you know, how, you know, you were bullied as a kid. I know that turned around real quick after a while. And you became anybody who challenged you. They were in for an all-day event. And you had to, according to friends of mine, who were on your football team, that national championship team, you challenged Walker. You, like you said, you were not the friendliest guy if you started that because that went back to your childhood. Have you been able to manage that now? And are Because you just sound like you're such in a better place mentally oh, yeah, than I've you were when you were place. younger. Yeah, I've been in a better place. You know, and that's what I talk about and what everyone wants to talk about. When I talked about running for office, they oh, they're going to bring up your mental health thing. And I said, well, we're all mentally crazy. I need to get that out first. And one of the things that I had was from when I was bullied as a little kid. But I used uh, going to get help to now to help other people. to realize that we all have problems in life. Some of them a little bit more severe than others. But I went and got help. And today I've been helping a lot of military servicemen and women. I've been helping a lot of people. And I talk about it. You know, it was very effective. It hurt me. And I say I use my uh, my anger as a coping mechanism through athletics, where somebody may use a coping mechanism through alcohol or through drugs or through overeating or something else. Well, I use it in athletics, which was okay until I got out of until I wasn't competing anymore. And once I went to get professional help, I realized what was going on, and that's what I, I always tell people: there's no shame to ask for help from anybody. You know, you got to be uh, able to step to the plate and say, you know what, I need help and, and go out and try to get it. Herschel, it's been a great conversation. I, I am so privileged to be your friend. I mean, you've done so much in your life and you're still much, so much ahead for you and what you've accomplished. I mean, you're your own thinker. I mean, God, it, and, and it all makes sense now. Just listening to you today, you know, the move to the USFL, being the guy you were, um, the NFL career, the Heisman, all of that stuff, and now beyond, now the politics too. I'm so, I'm so glad that you're such a versatile man, and you're always evolving. And I appreciate our friendship so much. Thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you for having me on. And I tell you what, you you got a great show. You always have, and I'm glad to see you got a new thing here. And hey, God bless you, and I, I'll be praying for you. You bet, man. I'll be voting for you. All thank right, you, Herschel. Man. I appreciate it, brother. That's my friend, Herschel Walker. Man, you talk about versatility as a human being. You talk about people who aren't just, you know, defined by being an athlete. You talk about people who evolve into being leaders. You know, I think one of the biggest and toughest things that people have when they transition out of sports is to find the next thing. It's to find that thing that can give me the same happiness that sports gives me. I tell people this all the time. The toughest divorce you can ever have as an athlete is leaving the sports you love. No disrespect to my wife, my family, anybody. But when I left football, you know, and when it's taken from you, like 99% of us, it's a tough divorce. Because she don't love you anymore. You love it. And it's so hard to let go. You know, the, I tell folks also, the last thing in athletes like Herschel and Jordan and Kobe, the last thing to go is the most important muscle in your body, your heart.
you think Jordan or when Kobe was alive or when hey, I think this affects Brady. I think Brady's afraid of retirement. I think Tom Brady's afraid of what's next. We all are. Doesn't matter if you're Brady or if you're John Brady. Doesn't matter. You still have the same intestinal fortitude and drive and desire to want to be great. That's the last muscle that goes your ankles, your legs, everything else goes on you. But your heart stays. You think Jordan at 58, 59 years of age doesn't think he could still go out there and drop 21 in today's NBA? And he, you think he still doesn't think he can go out there and compete? You know he does. You, you know all these guys do. That's why you see boxers always coming out of retirement. They come out of retirement for two things, the passion and the money. Once you get paid like that and you have great desire, it's tough to just walk away from that. It's impossible. And that's what makes Herschel a special player, a special man. He's not defined by athletics. We know him by his athletic achievements. But Herschel's trying to evolve into being somebody who loves Georgia, as you heard him say. By the way, I do think that his relationship with Donald Trump will hurt him when people are considering him for the Hall of Fame. And I'm talking the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's already in the College Football Hall of Fame. Obviously, he was voted the greatest college football player in the history of the sport, and that's over 160 years. Okay. Herschel is the greatest, in my opinion. All right. Will Aaron Rodgers be the starting quarterback on opening day for the Green Bay Packers? We'll hit on that in hour two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. The future waits for no one, so we refuse to wait for it. We're not just pilots and engineers. We are pioneers. Today, battles are waged in nanoseconds. And planes are piloted from the other side of the world. 
enter night into day and fly missions in space. The future's not coming. It's already here. This is the future. Join us and be the future. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. Hour two, National Football Show with your boy Dan Cilio. I just saw one of our commercial spots, Wildwoods in New Jersey. Nickel beer night, baby. Oh, man. You know, that's when I really first got into sports radio and sports broadcasting. When I was a kid, we would go down to Wildwood, and I would listen to WIP with Angelo and Bruno, Morgani and them dudes. And we would just sit there, and they had this bar. I can't think of the name of the joint. And it was Nickel Beer Night. And we would get down there, man, and we would just get pickled, man. And it was so much fun on the Jersey Shore, just listening. And we would drive down. We're like, oh, my God, man, are you kidding me? That guy's not that good on the Eagles. Are you kidding? Oh, man, those those days were great, man. Going down to Wildwood, man. God, man. Again, can you imagine? I know that maybe they do. I I doubt it, but man, it was nickel beer night down there, man. You just get those pitchers down there and just go crazy fun, you know, eating the crabs and oh, I, I'm I'm thinking about that because Memorial Day weekend this weekend, and again, I love the fact that Herschel Walker spent so much time with us, man. I mean, I, I tried wrapping it up about like 10 times and he wanted to continue to go. So man, when someone wants to continue to go, big Sills is going to let you go, man. That's what the national football show is. If you want to spend 10 minutes or you want to spend 10 segments, if you're somebody that people want to hear from, we put you right on here and you could just speak your mind. We're really proud and privileged to be his friend. As you see, he's a very complex guy in this hour. We will talk to the head football coach of the university of Miami our friend Manny Diaz will get his thoughts on the upcoming season. How tough was it to go through all the protocols of the ACC and to get the football season going? I think the Canes are really going to, um, in my opinion, I think they're going to have a pretty good year. They open up with Alabama on Labor Day weekend. <laughs> okay. that's how, You know what, though? I say this to everyone. One of the reasons that I love playing at the University of Miami was that we played the Oklahomas. Okay. We played the Floridas. We played the Florida States. We played Penn State. We played all the big programs. And I, I, I didn't I don't like playing tomato cans. You know, I don't I don't want to go and play, oh, let's play against Eagle Creek University this week. Oh, yeah, and then let's go play Helen Keller University. I don't want that schedule. I want to be on TV. I want to play against the best because if I can't beat the best. My chances of making the National Football League are none. I'm not playing the Citadel. I don't want to play some of them schools I see on some of the schedules today. You know, you see you see people playing. You're like this. Okay, who's Chattanooga 
like Tennessee. I, where, I'm assuming it's in Tennessee. <laughs> Jackson, I'm assuming that's in Alabama. I'm assuming that. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't want to play any AM directional schools. Eastern Carolina, Western lineup on I 95. I don't want to do that, dude. Okay. I, I want to play against the best possible talent and the best possible teams that I could possibly play. And get this, I've already told Manny this. Got Alabama first game? Great. I'll find out who I am right away. You know, that was one of the coolest things on the planet. When we used to play Florida the first game of the year, dude, Gators were great then. They were great. This coach, Galen Hall, who coached them at one time, I think over a three-year period, I think they were something like 31-1-1 or something like that. They were freaking great. And we used to open up with our very first game of the year forever. I think for like 60 years, we played Florida the first game of the season every year. Every year we played them number one. And that went on until 1987. Then the Gators stopped it. And, you know, I, I know people hate that, but they play in the SEC. And the SEC is such a dominant conference. I mean, you can't keep lining up week after week after week after week. And and I get I just got through saying I want to play the best, but there's got to be some respite in the middle in there. Where Watch this. If you're in Alabama, especially if you're in the West, look at what you're playing. LSU, A&M, Bama. You know what I mean? You're going down this litany of teams. Then you got to go over to the East to play Florida, Tennessee. Hey, man. Then you drop Miami in there too. Back then, that Miami, not this Miami here, that's quite a schedule if you're talking about playing in the Southeastern Conference and your non-scheduled teams. But I give it to Bama, man. They'll line up against anybody. They always do it. Hey, you want to play us? We'll play you. And it's it's a great mentality to have. That's what Coach Jimmy Johnson used to have too. Hey, you want to play us? We'll come find you. You don't have to look hard. We're looking for you too. You want to play us? We're in. Yeah, but we used to play the Gator team first game of the year. Holy cow. Man, was that intense. Wilbur Marshall was on them teams. Uh, Neil Anderson, Lorenzo Hampton. They had a backfield one year with Neil Anderson, Lorenzo Hampton, and there was one other guy, uh, John L. Williams. All three of them, I think, were drafted in the first round. And they would run this option at you. Three first-rounders, and they had three first-rounders in the O-line. Holy cow. Yeah, one year they beat us 28-3 to in the opener. We ripped off 11 straight and won the national title. I mean, that game was so intense. I, I have never been in a more intense game than my rivalry with the Gators. That Gator, going up there and playing there at, uh, at Gator Field, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, in front of 85,000 fans. That place, man. Okay, your big sales left his mark there, though. As Kerwin Bell, I ruptured his spleen right near the goal line. Boom. I got a picture of it, too, that I that I post all the time. Every time it's Gator Canes week, I kick that guy's ass. <laughs> hey, one of, my, one of my favorite memories. But, dude, that game, whew, wow. So we'll talk to Manny, man. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. Okay. I was really privileged, too, that Herschel changed the schedule around because you know coaches, man. You know, they got things all of a sudden just pop up every now and then. So 
Coach Diaz will join us at the bottom of the hour. Let me let me hit on something else here that, you know, prior to Herschel coming on, I started getting into the Julio Jones. I'll talk a little bit more about Aaron Rodgers. Will he be the starter on the opening week of the NFL for the Packers? I'll get to that here in a minute. But Julio Jones now, it looks like the Cowboys are trying to make a deal. And we had Ross Tucker on with us yesterday. And I found out the Cowboys are the team that offered up a third-round draft choice for Julio Jones. And Ross is right. You know, looking at the numbers, you know, I, I guess sometimes when I see a gigantic number, like this year he's got a $15 million price tag, and with incentives it floats high. He's got also a $23 million cap hit. Next year that number comes down to around $12 million. I think it's 12 nine. And then the year after that, it comes down to 11-2. So you're actually, if you look at the market for a receiver at that price and who he is, now he is 32, coming off his worst season in the NFL. And again, the Atlanta Falcons were not world beaters in the last two years. And I said this, I think that Super Bowl second half that the the Brady Patriots laid on that Falcons team I think they beat the hell out of that franchise so bad. That franchise has yet to recover. They have yet to recover from dropping that 28 to nothing lead. I think they, it's, it's wobbled that entire organization. And new coach this year, new direction. They got to get people on the ground defensively. Okay. I never really thought Matt Ryan, the quarterback in Atlanta, was the problem. He's still continuing to put up Hall of Fame-type numbers, but they're not putting up Hall of Fame-type records. Their one-loss record now, not that hot, okay? It's just not that hot, and they got to get back to winning ball games. I like Matt Ryan. I, th- I still think he, like he says, I still think he has some football left in him. You get Kyle Pitts from the Gators. I think this guy is going to be a football player that's going to be in that Travis Kelsey line, and I think he's going to be a nightmare mismatch for many teams in the NFL. He's a slash wide out, kind of the height of a tight end. I don't think he's pretty dominant at the point of attack. I think that's probably going to be an issue. And if I was a defensive football coaching staff, what I would do is I'd put one of my better ends on him, and let's see if he can block. And I'd have someone put a forearm in his chest. Let's find out, man, because – I don't think he's one of your more dominant run blockers. And I think you're going to have to be very creative in how to hide him a little bit when you got to take on some of the preeminent defensive ends that play in the NFL, especially in the NFC South. You know, that was a deficiency. And I thought Dan Mullen did a really good job moving him around and getting him out of that chaos, line him up in a slot, line him up out wide, bring him down, put him on the, on the soft side, which is usually the weak side instead of the strong side, which is your running game. Okay. They would put him. Not in a mismatch. They would put him in a mismatch that favored him. And that's what you're going to have to do in Atlanta a little bit. When you're a tight end in the NFL, you got to block. That's what makes Gronkowski a special football player. What makes Gronk great is that Gronk is maybe the best blocking tight end, but with the best pair of hands that I've ever seen. And the dude 6'7. The guy's hands were Chris Carter, and he could block like. Kellen Winslow Sr., back in the old days, Kellen Winslow Sr. was a guy that played on the Charger teams back in the Dan Fouts, Dan Coriel days, 
and he was a tremendous dual threat where he could block at the point of attack, and he could also run down the seam and catch passes from Dan Fouts. He was, in my opinion, he's he was the best tight end until I saw Gronk. You know, when I see guys like Jason Witten, I, I do this. I don't know. Jason Witten, I know people are going to consider him to be a Hall of Fame guy. Really? Can you name me the most significant catch he ever had in his entire career? I can't. Can you name me the most significant game he's ever played in? I can't. He got. He, did he play a long time? Yeah. Okay, so if you're being considered Hall of Fame for longevity, okay, I didn't know that that's what the parameters were, that if you play a long time, you're automatically earmarked to be a Hall of Fame guy. And you that means Vinny Testaverde's a Hall of Famer too, right? Vinny threw for 50,000 yards and played a long time. He's got more passing yards than Troy Aikman, and he's put up all these yards. He played 25 years. So you're trying to tell me you think Vinny Testaverde's a Hall of Famer because he played 25 years? I don't think that that really plays into it. And so when I see guys like Jason Witten, I look at Jason Witten and go, hey, he was a really good player. But there's got to be a Hall of – you know a kind of like normal Hall of Fame, which is the NFL itself, you making it, he was a really great player. You have to have a whole league of those guys, but you can't put those dudes in the Hall of Fame. Like Dion says, I guess the Hall of Fame is now becoming – it's, it's like, I guess if you're kind of really good, you get in. Because if you're a Dallas Cowboy, you know you're going to get an opportunity to get into the Hall of Fame. Back to the point with, with Pitts, and with, Gronk is the best of all time. Complete mismatch. And I thought you saw Gronk second half of the season, especially in the last four games of the year, especially when you started seeing him in the playoffs. I started thinking you started seeing Gronk a little bit. Remember something. You know, Travis Kelsey, I know you guys probably don't think this is even probably close, but get this. Do you know Gronk and Kelsey are the same age? And and, and it seems that Gronk is older, like by five, he's not. These guys are pretty much the same age. But Gronk has put so much, you know, game film on his body that he's left parts of his body all over, and it's the way he plays the game. But Gronk and Kelsey are the same age. So, you know, I I was stunned. I, I looked it up last year, and I was like, oh, my God, these guys are like a year separated. And Gronk looks like he's an old man. And Kelsey looks out here catching all these passes from Patrick Mahomes. I think Andy Reid is a better utilizer of Kelsey than what Arians has been so far with Gronkowski. That may change this coming year here, and maybe we'll see Leftwich put him in more uncovered positions. That's what I would do if I was the uh, the Buccaneers. Now that Gronk is getting older, and you don't want to put maybe that physicality on his body and you want him to last the 17 games now that we've added an extra game, you might want to have him in position where he's uncovered. That takes a lot of toll off the player when you don't have that defensive end or that outside linebacker smashing down on you. And anytime you have contact like that and you know you have a collision like that, that takes its toll on you. You know, I I I tell people all the time, you know, I could do, imagine if you did this. A billion times. What would happen? One of these is going to break. Just doing this. You play 15 years in the NFL and you're doing this. Eventually, your body's going to break. No matter, no matter, even if it's the, 
even if you're doing this, it's going to break. It eventually gives out your knees. You know, everyone thinks, well, no, it's the big hit. No, it's this. Practice. Seven days a week. OTAs. College. High school. 20-year career. 15-year career. That's what your body goes through. Your body goes through that. And your body, on your body, when it goes through that kind of stuff, okay, you've got to, as a play caller, you've got to figure out, like, look at the Buccaneer team this coming season here. Bucks got some old dudes on that offensive side. Leonard Fournette starting to get up there. And when you start closing in on that 30-year mark, you know, 30 years of age, you might not want him running in the A and B holes. Okay, one and two gap. You don't. You maybe you don't want to run it in there. Maybe you want to get out in the perimeter, flipping the ball. Remember, he caught seventy-seven passes two years ago in Jacksonville. He can catch the ball. Okay, what you're looking at is how do I get that dude to December without being broken? You're trying to limit as many hits, those little tapping things that I just showed you. These guys get there's a few, but that's what makes what Brady's doing incredible. He he's got 20, he's going on his 22nd year now. That what I just showed you, it's taking its toll on him. He had a knee surgery, had ankle issues in the offseason. Nobody really knew anything about it. Right? Well, when you have an older team, you got to start having those players in positions. If you're Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, you got to start getting. Okay, in a position where you do this, have them uncovered, help them out. Maybe in the middle of the week, as you get into October, November, maybe you don't have them practice full gear. Helmets and shells, shoulder pads and helmets and shorts. And you don't have them hitting. Maybe after a while, when you get into November, you have them just in helmets and shorts. Okay. Those guys don't need a billion reps. That's how you wear a team out. Okay, so again, circling back, Julio Jones, could he be earmarked to be a Dallas Cowboy? We'll see. I think there's going to be more teams, and as we kind of scoot up on the June 1 date where you could start making deals and start talking to guys that you have on your current roster, that's and and then we go into where it would be a less hit on your salary cap if you want to move these dudes. I think you're going to start seeing more conversation about some of your bigger players. Khalil Mack, don't be shocked if you hear that guy's name out there. Hey, I know that Von Miller in Denver, he also restructured his contract. He wants to retire a Bronco. That could be another name out there. Hey, when you start making a boatload of money, always know this. Your name is going to be the first one up. They're going to look at the production level and they're going to look at the age. Do you still have the same production? And am I getting fair value and market value for what you're being paid? You know, Dallas had a chance, in my opinion, to jettison off of Ezekiel Elliott, and they could have did it a couple months ago. And to me, they're still overpaying for that guy because you know why? This is the worst thing that you can have when you go into a regular season. You know what that is? You're still hoping 
that that kid goes back to what he looked like two years ago when you signed him to that giant wallet contract that you gave him. Okay? And if we've learned anything about giving running backs a gigantic number, some of these running backs fall back. The only guy that I haven't seen fall back once he got um, an extension, and it was kind of an extension because remember some, Derrick Henry didn't get a deal. Remember what he got? They gave him the franchise tag. Okay? They didn't in Tennessee. And that guy's the movable refrigerator. All right. We were going to catch up with our friend Manny Diaz, and we're also going to talk a little bit more about Rodgers. Will he be on the opening day roster for the Packers in week one? We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. The future waits for no one, so we refuse to wait for it. We're not just pilots and engineers. We are pioneers. Today, battles are waged in nanoseconds. Planes are piloted from the other side of the world. We turn night into day and fly missions in space. The future's not coming. It's already here. This is the future. Join us and be the future. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. Welcome back to the National Football Show. We are going to catch up in a few minutes with our friend Manny Diaz, the head football coach of the University of Miami. We'll talk about that big battle on Labor Day weekend. Alabama versus Miami, college football 2021. His thoughts on the college football playoff. Does it need to be expanded? How was it dealing 
with all the protocols that were going on during COVID-19. We will talk to our friend Manny Diaz here in a couple minutes. Before then, though, I'd like to hit on some of the topics that are out there. By the way, too, I'm going to hit on Russell Wilson in a little bit. So Russell Wilson came out, and again, it was another subtle shot across the bow a little bit here. He says he's committed for the 2021 season for Seattle. It's it, 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 it it's kind of, okay, why do you throw that out there so that people can fill in the blank? So what does that mean after 2021? Is this your last year in Seattle? We'll hit on that. All right. So Aaron Rodgers, will he be the opening day quarterback this year in 2021 for the Green Bay Packers? You know, I, I would have told you that that thing was a slam dunk. And I look at it more as a message that he's not at OTAs. This is not damaging in any way whatsoever to the Packers' preparation for the upcoming season, okay? There's a conflict in the building. And to me, I think it's up to the Green Bay Packers to fix it. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, I think he's got the leverage, and I think he should use the leverage. Tom Brady had leverage when he was in New England. His contract had run out. The Patriots had not put a deal on the, on the table. Uh, was he offended by that? I'm not sure how that unraveled so quickly. And really, I'll tell you this, the Patriots in that divorce, look at how the Patriots divorced themselves from Tom Brady. They sat back without making any public waves about what they wanted to do with Tom Brady. They let Tom Brady control the narrative, didn't they? Bill Belichick has received no heat. And get this, that dude went down to Tampa and won a Super Bowl. And the Patriots still didn't receive heat for that because you know why? The Patriots left it in Brady's lap and it was his call. How could Patriot fans or any media guy ever hold the New England Patriots accountable for Brady wanting out? He wanted out. And the Patriots obliged them. Okay. If you feel you can go somewhere else, which he did, and how many times has Tom Brady proven to people that he is going to be considered, when we look at his career 10 years from now, Brady was just an outlier dude, man. He really was. His competitiveness, his desire, his preparation, his smarts, his understanding the quarterback position, his longevity, his greatness, everything. He's an outlier. How many guys do you think, when they get into the league, will say this to you? Well, I'm going to be the all-time winningest regular season quarterback and one loss percentage in the history of the sport. Then I'm also going to be the all-time winningest quarterback in postseason play, one loss percentage. Then I'm going to own every Super Bowl record there is. Nobody thinks that. Hey, you just hope that you can play it first. Then when you realize you're really good, you're hoping maybe that you can get to a Super Bowl, you can lead a team. Man, you, 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 you don't think you're going to do what that guy did. You know, as the awards and the records start mounting up, I mean, there was a 10-year span 
where the New England Patriots, they had to average over 12 wins a year. And this guy's winning 12 wins every year. Did it help him that they were in the soft-ass AFC East? Yes. But you could have made that same comment back in the day when Montana was in the NFC West. There weren't a lot of world beaters out there. Maybe the Rams a little bit. Okay? And they had a yellow brick road to many playoff seasons because the West just was not very – they were just not very, very talented out there. Rams were good. They had Dickerson. They ran the ball. All right. All right, look, this upcoming college football season, I can't wait. Let me tell you why I can't wait. I can't wait because I'm going to be able to see fans in the stands again. The ACC did such a great job, along with the Southeastern Conference last year, at doing the best they could, getting around you know, all the protocols with COVID-19. And you know what also I think had to have been one of the most difficult things is dealing with parents. You see, in the NFL, you have to deal with adults and the players. But when you're a college football coach, you've got to deal with the parents calling going, hey, coach, is it safe? You know, we had Ed Ogeron on with us, and he said, Dan, I can't tell you how many calls I took every single night from concerned parents, you know, kids opting out as well. We had guys on our program opting out because of the COVID-19 protocols too. We had Mario Cristobal on. We were talking to him. He had a boatload of kids too at Oregon that ended up doing that stuff. And you know what? You hold nothing against the guy because you got to make your own call when it comes to stuff like this. But what I'm going to be really looking forward to, you know, the NFL, I can see how they can get away a little bit by not having fans in the stands, okay? Because the NFL is really a television sport, okay? Now, look, you notice it, them not being in the stands, and it was really cool to see the 25,000 fans that they had at Raymond James for the Super Bowl. But, boy, I'll tell you something, man. College football, not having fans in the stands, man, it was noticeable. You know, because the great thing with college, and I was talking to you about, you know, our great rivalry back in the day when I played against the Gators. And the, the fans at these college places like West Virginia, going into Morgantown, going into Tallahassee, like and in, in, in playing against the Knowles back in the day, you know, nighttime and, you know, Chief Osceola comes out on that horse and they throw the spear and, you know, they turn the lights down and the crowd is going crazy. You got a great interstate rival game going on. It's really, really important, I think, this year for everybody to get their fans back. And there's no doubt that college football, it was noticeable. And now with all the relaxing of what we see with, you know, the COVID-19 and the mask being outside, getting the fans in the arenas, getting them in the stadiums, I should say, that's going to be, I think, fantastic. And my college is going to be able to open up against Alabama. And the caretaker of my football program is the head football coach of the University of Miami. He is Manny Diaz, and he joins me now. And I got to, before I start this out, I got to let you see this, Coach. Okay, there's there's all my Miami stuff there. Look, there's my national championship rings. There's all the game balls I won from Jimmy. Okay, 
It was my first day when I was with the pros there. And I'm so proud of what you're doing with the University of Miami. Welcome aboard, Coach. Thanks, Dan. Well, we, we got a hell of a legacy to live up to, you know, that, that people like you created. So it, it is a, it, it, it's a great challenge every day, but, but it's, it's been fun. And, and um, our staff and our players, are, they're up for it. That's why you come to UM. You know, Coach, I just got through saying that I can't wait to see the fans back in the stands. And, you know, maybe in the NFL, you know, the NFL is such a television sport. College football is such pageantry around it. All the places that we go and we play games. I, I got to think that you're so looking forward to seeing fans back in the stands, especially at Hard Rock. It's, it's everything. I mean, it, 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 you can't really separate college football without, with, with the fans, you know. And I went to a um, uh, Florida Panthers playoff hockey game last night, and that's really the first sporting event I've been at um, in over a year that had almost full capacity. And I'll tell you, it's an emotional experience. I mean, you forget what it's like to be around people. I've been, you know, our games were very spaced out. You know, I've been to a baseball game and an NBA game with very small crowds. And so when we open up in Mercedes-Benz with Alabama and, and every seat is filled and, and everybody's on song and, and going crazy, it's, it's going to be an emotional night. And, and so it'll, it's, it's hard enough to play in an opener. It's hard to play in an opener against the defending national champions. So our players got to be emotionally very tough to just handle that environment because it's so, it's so awesome. But you got to make sure that you don't ride the roller coaster of um of that of of what, what will be certainly in a very emotional day yeah and coach you brought the juju last night to him too man they end up beating the uh the lightning last night too i saw the pictures last night so you brought the love into the bbnt arena last night that was cool man that's a great environment it was I, i'd love to take credit but that that 20 year old goalie that went in there and 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 played like a vet uh, you got to give him i think he might deserve a little bit more credit than me <laughs> absolutely <laughs> my part Absolutely. All right, hey, Coach, I, I had Ed Ogeron and Mario, Mario Cristobal on with us a couple days ago, and I was asking him the question about, you know, how tough it was last year, not just to put a game plan together, a, a schedule that wobbled all the time because of the COVID-19 protocols that the ACC and the CDC put in there. How tough was it taking phone calls from parents every night wondering whether or not it was safe. I mean, yet you couldn't just be a coach last year, could you? No, we, we, we would do group Zooms with a lot of the parents to answer the questions. Um, it, it's funny, you know, a year ago, we, we forget what it was like right now. And all the articles right now were, no way will we play football. And I got to brag on our president of our university. You know, Dr. Frank, who is an expert in pandemics, is the one that came out and was adamant that we can go to school in person, you know, starting in the fall semester and it is safe enough to play college football. And that was a very lonely argument. Not a lot of people were saying that. And I think his leadership propelled the ACC presidents um, to feel good about playing and ultimately create some of the momentum. But you never, Dan, I promise you, there's not a day I went to work last fall and what you expected, you got. There was going to be some problem that you could not anticipate. You knew the, you knew it was coming. You didn't know which one it was, and you never got what you wanted. And and we talked about that as a team. It's a little bit like game day every day. You know, you make a, a great game plan. You remember from your time playing, you plan for everything. Something's going to happen on game day that you just could not anticipate. And that was really almost seven days a week uh, last fall. You know, coach, I I I've 
talked to Parcells about this, Bill Parcells about this numerous times. And I've talked to all coaches when they make that transition from being a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator to being a head coach. And Parcells told me, he goes, I sucked my first year as a head coach when I was with the Giants. He goes, it wasn't that I didn't know how to be a coach. It's just that I didn't know how to delegate my time. And I had to work at that, and I had to be disciplined because my mentality as a defensive guy, I've got to be disciplined on the entire group and the entire part of the team, special teams, backups, offense, defense. That transition for you, it just seems like last year, it's night and day from the first year to where you are even right now. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think I think actually um, you mentioned Bill Parcells. I think in his book he said, his first year, he was trying to be the head coach of the New York Giants. And the second year, he was trying to be Bill Parcells. And and certainly that's a part of it because there's just nothing that can prepare you for being a head coach. You can you can be mentored. I've, I've been so lucky to be around a bunch of great ones. Um, you know, they can try to delegate you authority. But but until you really are, are aware of everything that comes on your shoulders, um, there's nothing like it. And so, yeah, I think the whole key, like you would tell a player or like anybody, is to be a quick learner. Um, and the things you don't do well, um, you try to correct, correct them as, as soon as possible. And that's ultimately what our program is about. You know, we're trying to, you know, get better in all phases. And it's all my responsibility if I see something that, that I know we can do a better way to uh, be decisive and, and, and get it right. You know what I love also about your background and your family background and being part of the community? You are the community. Your family is the community. You know what that program means. I mean, you know, we used to be bigger than the Miami Dolphin guys you know, in those communities back in the day, there's just something about the university of Miami. It's in a big city, but yet the community looks at that program with such, such reverence. And for you and your family to be part of that whole thing. I mean, you've been a Miami hurricane fan since you were a little kid. I mean, how important is that for you when you're going around knocking on kids doors too? Hey, I know where you're from. I know you're at Edison. I know you're at Palmetto. I know these schools. I've been around these places. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a labor of love, really. And 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 part of it, I love coaching South Florida players. You know, I mean, there's something about it starts in the youth levels and the high school coaches. And there's and and no matter what stop I've been, anytime we've had you know South Florida guys on our team, I mean, I've just always been drawn to them uh, with the toughness that they bring. Um, but but it also you know there's a lot of responsibility too because everybody in this community has really high standards for for the Hurricanes and and no one greater than me. That's why you know. You know, when we don't play well and we lose and everybody's pissed, I promise you, no one's more pissed than I because uh, it, it hurts me to see the Hurricanes not play well, uh, just like it does anybody else. And the cool thing is, is I got I have an opportunity to fix it. And sometimes you can't always make the fixes as fast as you'd like. But uh, but what's key is you identify your issues, you get them corrected and you move on. Um, you'll find more issues. That's how life goes. And you just keep progressing. And that's how you build your program to where we all think Miami should be. Some of the uh, questions about this group going into the 2021 season. De'Ara King, how are we looking with his progress? Um, will he be there for the opening week against Alabama? Yeah, Derek right now is uh, all good to go. Um, you know, he's meeting all of his benchmarks. They think, you know, by the summer, you know, by training camp, he should be cleared to go. Derek, you would have to literally chain him to the bench to keep that guy off the field against Alabama. That's just that's his M.O., um, He's a warrior. He's he's attacked everything we've done in in in, in the, with the training regimen. If anything, we got to slow him down because he, he, that that's who he is. And um, it'll be fun to it's it's fun to already watch him back out. You know, throwing passes in the indoor and 
and getting around the guys. You, you know, coach, I I've said that of all the coaches in the country that I talked to Nick Saban, all the guys, Clay Helton, I think you've done the best job when it comes to the transfer portal, you know, and I compare it to college football, free agency, you know, when, when you're at a place like Bama, Tennessee, or Miami, or even some of these big programs, you know, sometimes you're 10 deep at a place. I mean, look, look at Alvin Kamara. He didn't get a chance at Alabama. He goes to Tennessee, gets a chance to become a star. He gets drafted, and now he's a superstar in the NFL. You've utilized it, but yet it's a part of the program, but it doesn't define the program. Is there a balance there with that that you're looking at always to make sure, hey, it's kind of like something just to fill gaps. It's not going to define our program. Absolutely. That's it. It's, it's like the NFL, like you mentioned. We, every good team wants to build through the draft, um, but you do have a, a chance in free agency to address, you know, maybe maybe you drafted a great guy and he left it in free agency and you've got to be able to replace him. We could have had a great recruit that went pro early and suddenly we, we lack an older guy at a spot. And so we've tried to be very particular. Let's be honest, Dan, we had some holes in our roster that we had to fix, you know, so that was part of also, it was part of necessity. Um, but there's another element as well is that, what we're finding is that when players have already made their, they've already gone through the recruiting cycle once they're looking for different things the second time around. And Miami really resonates with what they're looking for. You know, when you're 17 or 18, it's easy to get fooled on a 48 hour official visit weekend and think that, you know, this place might be where you want to really spend the next four years. Then you get there and you realize what you were sold on. And, and for our, our, our transfers have all had very good success here at Miami. Uh, I think they're building it. You know, they, they, they come in with other like-minded people and, and they've enjoyed, you know, I, I know this word gets thrown around, but they've enjoyed our culture, not just of the city, but in our program. And, and that's why not only are we getting great transfers, but our, we're not losing a lot of players. The players want to stay here in Miami and they want to come to Miami when they're, when they're a little more mature about the process than they are when they're first time through as high school recruits. And I mean, I was a rec I was a transfer. I transferred away from Maryland, and I went to Miami, and I fell in love with the culture there. Coach, um, you know the the whole process too. When you're talking that transfer portal, how much do you have to go back and recruit your own kids on your own roster? Sometimes, you know, I mean, if this is a constant movable door here, do you have to recruit your own kids too? You absolutely have to. You know, I mean, every great story in Miami Hurricanes lore it starts on green tree practice field with the competition, you know, think about the D line when you were there and the, uh, the, the, the mentality now, because you, as you know, a great defensive line, let's use that as, as an example is defined by how good your backups are. Mm -hmm. Stars get tired. You come in, there's no drop off. You can empty the tank. Next guy comes in, empties the tank and you just wear down an offense like that. Backup. Do I want to be a backup? Do I want to transfer? You know, so, to be able to try to sell something bigger than the self and recognize that, you know, Ed Reed said it best to our team, your individual goals come through the team meeting its goals. When the team meets its goals, the individuals generally meet all their goals. When the team wins, everybody wins. And, you know, that's, that's a harder concept now at times to sell. I think our players are starting to understand it. The best teams always do. Um, but there's a lot of counter information out there saying, Hey, um, you know, get that immediate gratification and, and find something and get in the portal. And that's why there's, I think, over 4,000 kids in the portal right now without a place to be. I used to tell people, I'm not coming out. I like got Cortez Kennedy and Russell Maryland behind me. Are you kidding me, man? I, I Hey, I, I, I had Reggie Wayne on. We were doing a, 
a show a couple months ago and Reggie goes, man, I'm not coming out. I got Andre Johnson behind me, man. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody comes out. Final question for you, coach. Um, the national championship semifinals. Are you a fan of the way it's set up now? Or do you think there needs to be expansion of either the committee or do you think there needs to be more teams involved in the entire playoff process? Dan, I may be an outliner on this. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a question. The playoff needs to be expanded and it needs to be expanded greatly. Um, People think about the playoff as a means to determine a champion. That's not what playoffs are. Ask the NBA, ask the NFL, ask anybody. Um, Playoffs are about showcasing the best of your of your league. That's why they invite 16 teams in the NHL and they got opt-in games or whatever they call them now, play-in games in the NBA. Um, the, 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 the most fundamental threat to our sport right now is the opt-out. We had seven players drafted in the first round this past year without playing a snap of college football a year ago. Um, and that trend is only going to continue. We have to create more meaningful games, not less meaningful games. Everybody says in college football, the regular season has always been our playoff. It's, it's mattered. It's not mattering anymore. Uh, North Carolina had the best season they've ever had in school history. Their top four players opted out of the best bowl game they've ever been in. Um, the University of Florida made the Cotton Bowl, which is an, a very elite bowl, and they almost set the JV squad and got murdered by Oklahoma. Nobody wants to watch that on TV. Um, and I love the bowls. And I love the way things have been. But um, but we've got to find a way to make games, more games mean more. And you know whether we go to 24 like FCS does. Now think about that. Think about a 24-team playoff. And you got a team playing the last week. You got a rivalry game. You got Clemson, South Carolina, the last weekend, and South Carolina's ranked twenty-six. You know they're playing. They got to beat Clemson to get in the tournament. And maybe Clemson loses a bye in the first round if they lose. I mean, and the drama. I mean, everybody loves the rivalry. Ohio State, Michigan, same thing. You know, I mean, maybe one team. Maybe if Michigan loses, they're out of the playoffs. Ohio State's not just. It's not just for bragging rights. I mean, it's big time. And um, I don't see. I'll be honest. I don't see how our game can can proceed without it. Um, because it's not good for coaches, it's not good for players, it's not good for anybody if the best players that everybody wants to see are not playing college and I and, and I'm not against that. We had a great, you know, Greg Rousseau did that for us, and that's a personal choice that I get. But if we want to protect our game, uh, I, I, I think we got to get into the modern era, and we, we got to have a playoff like every other sport does in, in our country. I think you're so right. I mean, Coach, think about that for a minute. You're putting it on the kid – like Rousseau, who is a first-round draft choice, and you're saying this, and 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 I'm just pick, I'm just making a bowl up, and you got to go play in like the Fruit Loop Bowl. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm gonna be a top 15 kid. I'm gonna make a couple million bucks, and you want me to go out? I saw Kevin Fagan blow his knee out in the Sugar Bowl, and he was gonna be the fifth player taken in the draft. He ended up going in the sixth round and lost millions of dollars. I mean. I, I I just think, like you said, I, there's got to be an answer to it, and hopefully we can come to that conclusion. Coach, I can't wait for the opener against Alabama. Um, I tell people this all the time. Let's go play 60. Those dudes lost every guy in that offense, and you know what? I feel pretty good about going after these guys on Labor Day weekend, and I can't wait. Coach, thank you so much for doing this. Dan, my pleasure. Yeah, pr- appreciate you and everything you do. You bet, man. Coach Manny Diaz, head football coach at the University of Miami. And no question, that's going to be quite a game on Labor Day weekend. We'll take a quick time out. We'll get back to some of the topics. Keep it here on the National Football Show. 
Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. The future waits for no one, so we refuse to wait for it. We're not just pilots and engineers. We are pioneers. Today, battles are waged in nanoseconds. Planes are piloted from the other side of the world. We turn night into day and fly missions in space. The future's not coming. It's already here. This is the future. Join us and be the future. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. Back to the National Football Show with your boy Dan Cilio. Love catching up with my friend Manny Diaz, Herschel Walker. Lengthy interview. Don't forget, you can catch all of those great interviews over on the Jacob Media channel. We'll have them posted there for you, and you can watch the entire show. And do me a favor, share it, like it, do whatever you need to do, but just make sure you spread the word about the National Football Show. It's growing and growing and growing each and every single week. All right. Let's get into another topic as, you know, prior to Manny coming on, I was talking about how these quarterbacks today in the NFL are really putting their foot down inside the organization. Now, I would say this to you, you have to have equity in the league and in your organization for you to be able to do the things like, say, Aaron Rodgers is doing. Now, you're not going to see Trevor Lawrence next year missing OTAs. He hasn't built that type of equity up yet. Now, unless he goes out and wins the Super Bowl in his rookie year, which is highly unlikely, that equity is going to be built over a period of time like Tom Brady has built. Okay? 
You see what Brady's doing too. What I love about Tom Brady, you know, those COVID uh, 19 and coronavirus protocols that, um, you know, that the league has out there about organized team activities. Brady told him to go to hell. This guy's having like organized team activities by himself with all of his guys, AB, Gronk, Kyle Trask is there. Brady doesn't care about what the league is saying. He's getting ready for the upcoming 2021 season. And Tom Brady's also showing you his politics a little bit. You know, the NFL is being kind of politically correct and kind of aligning themselves with the White House. And this current White House, compared to what they did with the last White House, and Tom Brady basically said, I don't care what their protocols are. We're doing organized team activities, and we're doing this on our own. You basically can't – and get this. This is not like seven dudes going on a surfing trip or these guys are going on a motorcycle motocross trip. These guys are practicing football, all of them together. And I think nowadays with the limited amount of practice time because you have in the CBA, there's limited amount of practice time that you can get together. I think this is essential on your preparation for the upcoming NFL season. I think it's completely essential. So Brady, even with all the equity he's built up, he knows how important the practice time is. And he is doing things his way. Now, I'm sure if he had a contract dispute, he'd be saying certain things maybe differently to the Buccaneers. Maybe there'd be a different angle how he would approach this. But Brady is basically doing something that he wants to do without the league's okay. The league hasn't um, okayed players getting together. What about the coronavirus protocols that they have implemented? How do you know all these guys have their shots? Okay, you don't know that. You know, you're not a card-carrying person when it comes to your coronavirus shot. And for the record, I'm against that. Huh, you know what's funny? You got to have voter ID in Georgia. But now people in Georgia, some folks, want you to have a card that says you've been vaccinated. I don't know. I, I, I Whatever. Okay? Back to Russell Wilson here. So Russell Wilson is now saying... This is my final year. No, he didn't say that. Maybe that's how I listened to it and read into it. 2021, I'm committed for the 2021 Seattle Seahawks season. What about after that? Are you retiring? Are you calling it a career? You and Sierra just going to, by the way, smoking. I digress. Um, is, is he retiring? Are they going to move to New York or Los Angeles or Vegas? You know, she is in the entertainment business. What are you doing, Russell? Are you suggesting that this is your last year, that maybe you want a different address for 2022? You know, you kicked the tires and a couple of your players underneath the bus, as they say. You know, when you come out and you say this, I have been the most sacked quarterback since I came into the league. And I'd like to have a little bit more protection. Do you know what you're telling people? You're telling people, my offensive line sucks. If you're in that locker room right now and you're an offensive lineman or you're the offensive line coach, how are you taking that? It's just going to be bygones be bygones? You think that's just going to be a copacetic thing where everybody's just all good? Nah, it's just business. Nah, I know you called me out. He said I sucked, and our line as a unit sucked. You know, it's, I don't know. 
I might have a private conversation with him. Bro, you know, I, I got to tell you, man, you go in public and calling us out like that. I know it's business, but why'd you use me as a prop? Why didn't you say something about the play calling or the head coach? Why me? Why our group? Our group puts it on the line for you every day. You think that's just going to go over that smooth like that? I'm sure it will because, again, remember what I told you? When you're a guy like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Drew Brees or Peyton Manning or guys like that, you've built up equity where you can go to your guys and go, it's business, guys. I meant nothing by it. And they're going to buy into that because you know why? Now, if you keep hammering that, they're not going to, and they're not going to forgive you on that. But if you do that once or twice, it's going to be more so this. Eh, it's business, man. It's Russell. He loves us, man. We, we, and, and we know that. And we know that. Okay. Could you see Russell Wilson in New Orleans? Could you see Russell Wilson in Dallas? Here's where I'm going here with, 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 with Dak. Look, Dak Prescott is a $42 million a year guy. And would you say, if you had an opportunity to trade for Russell Wilson, would you trade Dak Prescott to Seattle and that contract? My question would be, would Seattle want that number? Because I'd look at it like this. I don't want to pay $42 million for that guy. Because I said this to you. The Dallas Cowboys negotiated against themselves. If you put Dak Prescott on the open market, there's no way on the planet. Name me one franchise, one franchise that would have paid him the max deal. Coming off of an ankle injury that he had to get surgically repaired. Would you buy a brand new car and you ended up finding out that it was in a wreck? It's not the same car that rolled off the factory lot. It's had an accident. When you buy a car, it depreciates. Okay? That got a raise. And he was one in four when he went down. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, hey, I'll tell you, man, this 2021 season, will Rodgers be the starter? Is this the last year for Russell Wilson? In Seattle, I, I tell you what, man, where, where does Julio Jones land? Does he land in Dallas? Does he land maybe in Green Bay? All right. want to thank Krause, Cal. You guys are great. Big Joe, spectacular. Also, Herschel Walker for coming on. What a great interview he gave us and some great details into his life. Manny Diaz talks some college football, the University of Miami head football coach. Don't forget. If you miss any portion of the show, you can go over to the Jacob Media channel. You can share it. You can like it. We really appreciate you coming aboard with us. We'll be back with you tomorrow going 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? 
I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.